This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. So this is our final lesson in our course here, our survey of missions, lesson number eight. And so we've done um, kind of a scattershot thing. I know I've enjoyed touching on these different things. We've talked about the biblical basis for missions. We've talked about some practical things. And this evening, we're going to focus on church members um, and the local church and their part in missions. And I've entitled this lesson, Hold the Rope, Your Part in Missions. All right, and this idea of holding the rope actually comes from an incident in the life of William Carey. So if you were here for lesson number five, we talked about the history of missions. William Carey was a really important figure in, in mobilizing people for missions. During his day, um, Calvinism had just taken over. Everyone just had this idea, if people are going to get saved, they're going to get saved. We don't need to do anything about it. God will do it without our help. And William Carey was just very, very burdened about this. And so through his preaching and his advocacy, he began to get people there in England mobilized to start getting involved in missions, trying to get the gospel to other parts of the world. Of course, Carey volunteered to be one of the first missionaries. All right, so this is a picture of some of the, the central figures here. The man in the middle is William Carey. And then up in the upper left, a man with the last name of Thomas went with Carey to India. And later on, the two men on the bottom, Ward and Marshman, joined him in India. So these were some of the pioneer missionaries. In the top right corner is a man by the name of Andrew Fuller. Now, Andrew Fuller was also a Baptist minister. And he became the head of what they called the Baptist Society for Propagating the Gospel Among the Heathens later known as the Baptist Missionary Society. So it was the first mission society, uh, first mission board, if you will. And before Carey went to India, he famously told Fuller, I will go into the pit if you will hold the ropes. He said, I'm willing to go to the other side of the world as long as I know there's someone back here who's holding on, who's, who's going to be behind us, who's going to hold the ropes. And Andrew Fuller did a fantastic job of that. Behind the scenes, there in England, he was constantly mobilizing people, helping raise funds for missions, making sure that people's needs were taken care of, mobilizing more people to go over and help him. So he did a great job of holding the rope. And the need has not changed. We have a, a world that's easier to travel around, but there's still a need for people to hold the ropes. All right, here's another uh, picture of holding the ropes. And um, this is what it feels like sometimes, <laughs> all right? So you got, please hold on to the rope. And we've observed, I'm really thankful for, for my family personally. We have such a strong support system. We have, we have people that are really behind us. Our families are behind us. Our, we have a fantastic sending church, good news. We have a lot of great supporting churches that are just behind us all the way and are in contact with us, encouraging us, and some of the things we're going to talk about in this lesson. But we've observed others who don't have as robust of a support system. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about people who are behind you, encouraging you, helping you. And that makes it really difficult 
to thrive and to really have a fruitful ministry. And so what we want to talk about this evening is how we as church members can hold the ropes for missionaries. And I'm including myself in here too because I'm a missionary, but I'm also a member of Good News Baptist Church. And, and so I have a duty as well to, the, to the, the missionaries that are supported through this church. So let's talk about a few ways. This is mostly practical considerations that we're going to talk about today. Many of these you're familiar with, but I think it all bears some reinforcement or reminding. What are some ways that we as church members can hold the ropes for our missionaries? The first thing that we can do is to support the missions ministry of the local church. So we're part of a local church. All of us here are members of Good News Baptist Church. And as a body... Uh, we've made decisions, our leadership has made decisions about what missionaries we're going to support, about the direction of our missions program, and as church members, we have a duty to get behind that wholeheartedly, as much as we can. Uh, here's a few ways we can do this. Participate in the missions conference. I think it's wonderful that our churches, independent Baptist churches, almost all of them will have a time set aside during the year where we're just focusing exclusively on world evangelism and on missions. And so we have a chance that has been set aside for us by the, by the church. We've agreed together to set aside this time to focus on it. And so we have the opportunity to attend and to listen, to meet the missionaries, to encourage the missionaries. I can't think of a better way to help us support the missions ministry of our local church. And going right along with that is being involved in the Faith Promise Giving Program. Not every church does this. Our church does. I think it's a great system. One way or another, I believe that every church member ought to be involved in giving to missions. I'm a missionary and I give to the Faith Promise Program of our church because I believe that's how we can, we can mobilize and, and get the, the finance out there. And not only does it take care of the physical needs of the missionaries, but where your heart is, I'm sorry, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so when we're invested with our money and our treasure, that helps us to be invested in the lives of those missionaries that our church is supporting. The converse, as you said, is also true. Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. That's true. And that helps us maybe assess our spiritual temperature a little bit. I have a, a, a story I love to think about related to faith promise. Um, in a church not too far from here, uh, when my wife and I were on deputation, we were as part of their mission conference, and we were staying with this older couple in the church. And they weren't very well-to-do at all. They lived out in a small house in a rural area. But they had a mother-in-law apartment. It was just the two of us, um, expecting Joshua at the time, so... They were putting us up during the mission conference, and so we were spending time with them, really sweet couple, and as we were getting ready to head out and come back here to Virginia, we thought, man, it'd be really nice if we could get something to just show our appreciation for these folks. And so we went to the local Walmart, and we're just picking out odds and ends, nothing in particular, just some things we wanted to show that we appreciated it, and, and um, you know, they... The, the older man, he'd been talking to me the whole week about how the God had proved himself over and over and over again regarding faith promise. I mean, he kept talking to me about this. And so we're there, we're picking out some things at Walmart, and 
you know, I, I didn't have many ideas. I was like, you know, Nikki, what do you think we should get? She said, well, we've been drinking coffee with him every morning. Let's get, let's get him some coffee. So, like, you know, okay, that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, but we got one of those big things, you know, Maxwell House coffee, you know, because that's what, that's what they drink. And so we, um, the, the conference ended on a Sunday. And so Sunday morning we're getting ready for church. We were going to be leaving that afternoon. We left this basket of some goodies and the coffee in our room. And we all went to church together. And as we were there at the service, um, the, uh, the, the older gentleman came up to me and said, Matt, he said, I've just been praying about my faith promise. I've been able to increase it every year. The Lord has helped me. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it this year. He said, maybe I'm going to have to give up coffee. I don't know what I'm going to need to do. But, but I really believe the Lord wants me to increase my faith promise. And I got like goosebumps on the back going down like, Pretty sure God has already answered your prayer here. <laughs> so faith promise is a really awesome thing for us to be able to be involved in. We have a chance to be involved in missions through that. Um, you know, another way is being involved in the outreach of our church. And I know we've had to step back with a few things during this past year. But being involved in organized outreach and also in personal witnessing and personal outreach Strong churches produce strong missionaries. And a strong soul-winning church helps the missionary to be a strong witness where he's at. He's going to be a reflection of the church that sent him. So these are all ways that we can support the missions ministry through the local church. Here's some more personal ways. Praying for and encouraging missionaries. I think we all understand that Probably the biggest way each one of us can have a part in missions is by praying. So we understand that, but do we have any missionaries on our prayer list? Uh, maybe, maybe you have a prayer list that you pray through every day of the week, or maybe every day, uh, different, different lists. Are there any missionaries on there? And the church, of course, has helped with this as well, with that prayer sheet we got this evening, if you don't already have a way that you're praying for missionaries that we support, there's a list of them right there. You can pray for them all, maybe one day of the week, the way it has it laid out, or maybe section it out and pray for two or three of them every day. There's specific requests there to make it easy. There's missionary letters in the bulletin for you to read and pray over. And so uh, the church is trying to make it easy for us to get involved in this way, in a specific way, in praying for missionaries. And, and it means a lot. You know, that's why we have those prayer letters. Um, sometimes it's a little bit of a, a, a activity report, you know, what we've been doing. But most of the time it's, hey, these are some needs we really need you to pray about. And so we have an opportunity to be deliberate in, in how we do that. And not only that, let them know that you're praying. This isn't why we pray. <laughs> We pray so that the Lord will help them. We believe we can access the Lord's power that way. But, as a missionary, let me tell you, there are few things more encouraging than finding out that somebody has been praying for you. Um, every once in a while, we'll have a Sunday or a Wednesday, and some class in some church somewhere will pray for us, and we'll have sometimes a dozen people from that class shoot us emails. Say, hey, you were highlighted at such and such Baptist church. Just wanted to let you know we love you guys. We're praying for you. That means a lot. 
I'll tell you what really means a lot. We have some people who will come back and say, hey, we read your letter. We will be praying for X, Y, and Z. And guess what? Those were the prayer requests that were mentioned in the letter. They went through. They figured out what our needs were. They prayed for it, and they took the time to come back and say, hey, I prayed for your son's visa, or I prayed for this man that you're witnessing to. That means a lot. That encourages a missionary. One of my missionary friends there in Cambodia, I was talking to him about this very thing. He said one of the most encouraging things that ever happened to him, one of their supporting churches wrote him a letter. They said, on such and such a date, we spent 30 minutes praying for you and your missionary, uh, you and your mission, ministry. And it was signed by the pastor, and everybody who was in that prayer meeting had gone, and they had personally signed the letter, and they sent it to him in Cambodia. He said, that was the only time he ever had anything like that happen. But man, that encouraged him. He's still talking about it, and this was years ago. And so this is a way, and it's so easy nowadays. You don't even have to send a letter, right? You can send an email. You can send a text. It's very easy to get in touch. Uh, many, maybe you get email newsletters from missionaries. Just take that extra 30 seconds to say, hey, I read your letter. I'm praying for you. You know, Lord bless. Mention a couple things. That is so encouraging for the missionary. Other small ways that um, church members can, can encourage missionaries is by sending cards. Um, birthday cards, anniversary cards. Uh, sometimes we get e-cards for special events. But we have churches, every time there's a special day, they send a card, people sign it, uh, they put a nice note in there. I'll tell you who really has figured out how to capitalize this is your pastor. Pastor Asher sends my kids birthday cards with money in them. <laughs> so they get a dollar on their birthday, sometimes more, from Pastor Asher. And um, does a couple things. First of all, a dollar is a lot of money when you're a little kid living in Cambodia. <laughs> Secondly, Pastor Asher is always a very popular figure around my house. <laughs> but that encourages the kids and encourages the parents, too, to, to know that people are loving their kids and reaching out to their kids that way. Um, send a care package. Now, this is, this is harder. This can be expensive sometimes, depending on where you're going to. And right now, during COVID, um, there are certain places that are not accepting mail from the United States. Cambodia is one of those. Um, so that kind of throws a wrench into the whole thing. But this can be really valuable. There's certain parts of the country, certain parts of the world, where people just there are certain things you just cannot get. And you go a few years, and somebody sending you a little goodie from America of some sort can really mean a lot. For years and years in Cambodia, it was chocolate chips, okay? You just could not get them in Cambodia. So that was the item. Everybody's like, hey, I hear you're going to the States. Bring me back some chocolate chips. I'll pay you. And so um, lots of parts of the world, peanut butter is another one. We take that for granted. Most places in the world, they don't do peanut butter. And so um, I know for my wife, it's the little seasoning packets you get for a dollar, you know, or whatever in Walmart. You can't get those kinds of things. And so, you know, the ranch seasoning packets so we can make our own ranch dressing because you can't get that either. You know, so there's, there's lots of little ways that you can encourage missionaries through physical things like that, cards, care packages, uh, things like that. Matt, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do they take uh, stuff that 
don't, it looks new, you're possibly going to sell it. Okay. And so they confiscate it, and you can't go in with it. They don't do the same thing. They, they take a pretty hands-off approach to the customs things in Cambodia. I don't remember them ever, like, really going through our stuff too much. Most of the time, if we have something like that, we take it out of the packaging so it will fit easier anyway. Um, but, no, we haven't, we haven't dealt with that too much. But, yeah, I know different parts of the world, they can be very uh, picky about what you bring in that way. When my brother was in Papua New Guinea and we'd send them packages, I had to put some things in the very top of the package for the customs officials. For the customs officials. <laughs> if I wanted them to have it, yep. something specific, it had to go in the bottom. And, and, and my sister-in-law told me what things the customs officials liked. And I nice. said, put them in the very top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can either be mad about it or you can learn to work the system, you know? So... They figured out how to work the system. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, thankfully, we've never had issues of people going through our mail in Cambodia. Sometimes it just doesn't show up is the, is the issue. We either get it intact or we don't get it at all. So that has been kind of hit or miss. All right, so that, you know, sending a care package is a nice gesture if, you, if you're pretty sure that it's going to get there. And then on the other hand, another thing is, Lots of times in other countries, you have to pay to get your package. And that's the case in Cambodia. So you have to pay the customs charges or whatever to release your package. So it's like, you know, 5 to $10. So it's not ridiculous. But in some places around the world, I've heard it's quite expensive to receive a package. Just an idea, putting it out there. All right, let's talk about missions trips. This is huge. All right, now this is a, a big investment of time. It's a big investment of money, but this is one of the most powerful ways, I think, if it's done right, that church members and churches can encourage their missionaries. So why? Why take a missions trip? All right, one of them I just mentioned, to encourage the missionary. Uh, he's out there somewhere in the world, maybe very far from the U.S., maybe not so far, but seeing familiar faces... Christians who love him and care for him, that is going to encourage him just to have that companionship. I'm speaking from, from, from experience. We've had groups come over. They could only spend a few hours with us. But it was such a shot in the arm just to have those people pass through and, and spend some time with us. Another reason, and I especially encourage young people this way, but for, for folks of any age, is to expose yourself to the mission field. For those of you who have been overseas, you know there's no substitute to, for actually seeing it for yourself. It's just, no matter how many pictures you see, no matter how many stories you tell, uh, you just can't fully appreciate it until you're there. And you get to see what it is that folks are dealing with on a daily basis. What does it look like to live in a country where, you know, a tiny percentage of the population is Christian? Um, where, where, your, where your missionary is ministering. And so that's a huge reason, I believe, for families, for young people, and, and adults of any age to, take, to, try to try to make an opportunity to go on a mission trip somewhere in the world. This uh, last reason, I put this reason, reason last, minister to the people. Many times people put this first. 
uh, in their reasons for taking a missions trip. And this is important. You have a chance to go somewhere in the world and try to minister to people there, maybe to Christians, maybe trying to to reach out to non-Christians. The fact is, you'll probably be more effective encouraging the missionary and letting the Lord do work in your heart. Because, for instance, in Cambodia, hardly anyone speaks English. So, you're going to come there, and the biggest thing you'll be able to do to encourage the people there is encourage other Christians just by being there. Maybe by singing some songs together. This is a picture here. Uh, it's, it's a little hard to see, but this is our previous place of ministry. This was a missions team that came to us from Thailand. So a church in Thailand took a missions trip to Cambodia. Didn't speak the language. All right. So we were able to be involved in some different things. Here we are. We went out to the factories. There's these huge factories. Hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people that work in there. And we were just handing out tracts, some gospel presentations on DVDs. They were able to help with that. But one of the most encouraging things they did was just show up to church, spend time with the other Christians there, and just encourage them with that, that fellowship. Even when we can't understand each other, when we have the Holy Spirit, we know the Lord, there's that special bond. And so you can be a big encouragement, especially to believers in another place, even when you can't speak the language, just by your presence. So here's a few reasons to take a missions trip. Here's a few suggestions as how to make the most of a missions trip. All right. Have any of you ever heard of a vacationary? You ever heard that term? Man, no one's heard that. Sometimes, hmm? you have? All right, from me. Okay. Sometimes missionaries get accused of this. They go over to some exotic country. Obviously, they're lying around all day in a hammock. Um, you don't want to be that person when you're on a mission trip either. All right? When you go on a mission trip, this is a chance for you to serve and to minister. And chances are you will see some really unique things, some really fun things. The missionary will probably have some kind of weird experiences or weird places he wants to take you and show you. But it's a chance for you to serve. And we see a lot of, a lot of this, you know, people are going over to other countries so they can do some photo ops with orphans and things like that. This is a chance for us to actually serve, um, especially to help the missionary. Many times he's out there and, you know, he's got no other support. And you have a chance to go over there and kind of hold up his arms, like in the Bible story, and support him for a little while. Maybe you have a chance to watch his kids for a little while, let him and his wife go out. Or maybe you have a chance to take them out, their family out to eat somewhere they like to go. Just some things to show your love, show your appreciation, to help and support the missionary. To me, this is one of the biggest ones, to observe and listen. When you go over to the mission field, you have a chance to sit with somebody who's dedicated their life to understanding that field, to understanding those people, and trying to reach them for the gospel. And they, no doubt, have insights they'd love to share with you. Maybe you have an opportunity to just go out with a missionary for one day. See what he does. Go with him on some visits. You might not understand a word of what's said, but then you have a chance to go back and say, hey, what's going on? And I guarantee you, 
being able to observe and to listen to what he tells you will give you a window in what he's going on there. It will help you to pray more intelligently. help you to meet people that you can labor for prayer in prayer for. And not only observe and listen to the missionary, but it's a chance for the Lord to speak to your own heart. The Lord used a missions trip that I took when I was in, high, in uh, college to get me to Cambodia. I didn't expect that. I didn't even plan to go to Cambodia initially. That was plan B. But being over there, seeing it, spending a lot of time with a veteran missionary there and hearing his heart was one of the things that the Lord used to, to, to put me there eventually. So I think this is huge. I encourage especially young people, but all church members, if you have an opportunity, try to find an opportunity to take a missions trip. I know several folks in this room have, uh, have done that, and so I hope that you, you may have folks who've taken a missions trip. Do you have something you'd like to share, something you felt made your trip especially effective, or something that um, the Lord really used it in your life some way? Anyone have any particular thing I'd like to share? When I was in the Air Force, I had an uh, R&R flight to Hong Kong. And it was just a few days to spend there. Yeah. And so, anyway, it, it's amazing to me people say when, they, when they're in the military, well, I couldn't find a church to go to. I never had a problem. Anywhere I went, I could find someplace to worship before. Yeah. And so, anyway, I don't even remember how I got this missionary's name, but he had a rooftop ministry there in Hong Kong. And so on a Sunday morning, I went, they held the service on the rooftop. And uh, I just gave him a short testimony. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me, he said, would you come and speak uh, on Sunday night? He said, we have an English. And he said, they... They would like to hear you speak in English. Yeah. And I said, I'd be glad to. And so I just said, Lord, what do you have me to do? And he said, Give your testimony. And I gave my testimony that night. And a young girl they've been praying for for about four years. I have no idea what was said, but the Lord used it. Wow. The got saved that night. Wow. I needed that. Yeah. Because. That's amazing. Now, I think it's a really good example of you go, you're able to be a help to the missionary, but a lot of times you might be the one that's helped the most by that by that opportunity. That's yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. Been twice. My husband's been three times, and 
and especially if you repeat the trip, you establish a bond, yeah. and that means so that that missionary means so much more to you. Yeah. After you have been there, you really know. You can pray so much more effectively. You recognize their needs, the yes. situations they deal with. It's just opened your eyes to a whole different perspective. Yeah, I, I know from our perspective, folks that we've who have come over and visited us in one way or another in Cambodia, we come back, we see them in the States, and there's there's a special bond there, you know, that we share. And and the other thing is, in many, in so many of these places, the missionary, he might be the only, you know, godly influence there. And so just having some more mature Christians there to be able to to uh encourage and and give their insights and just help edify people it can be so so valuable so anyway mission trips i think that's a huge way that uh we can be involved in holding the ropes for our missionaries all right missions in the home missions in the home all right so getting really personal here Christians, pray for missionaries as a family. All right, so we have ways that we have our own personal quiet time, and I think we ought to be praying for missionaries then as well. Something that my family used to do when I was young is we had a file of prayer cards, and when we did our family devotions, we would often take one of those cards and pray for it, one a night. I know other families who keep a, a file of prayer cards on the table, and when they, before, when they say their grace before their meal, they take one of those prayer cards and they pray for that missionary as a family. It's a great way not only to lift your missionaries up in prayer in a methodical way, but also to remind the rest of the family, especially young people, about the importance of missions. I know it made an impression upon me. Um, have missionaries in your home. That's going to encourage you. It's going to encourage them. Uh, we, we enjoy it when a church puts on all the meals for a missions conference. But some of our most special experiences have been when families in the church had us over for meals. And we really get to know them and spend some time with them. Folks that we've spent, we've even stayed in people's homes. Well, you build a really close connection with those folks. And so that's a great way to really encourage missionaries and make that connection with them and hold, hold the ropes in that way. Here's some idea just for encouraging young people, teenagers, children uh, for missions. Help them to get involved in faith promise from a young age. I know that's something that, that um, I learned at a young age. We were in church and I was making you know a, a very small allowance at that time. And... Uh, my parents encouraged me to get involved in the faith promise. You know, 25 cents a month or a week or whatever it was. It was a very small amount, but it helped me learn what it was to be involved in that way. Uh, now that we talked about missionary biographies in our missions history uh, a lesson, that's great for young people and for adults. And just encouraging everybody to be open to missions. I know uh, my wife has said that growing up, she grew up in a Southern Baptist church. They didn't run into missionaries too often. And so 
she grew up with this idea that missionaries were kind of like second-class citizens, you know. It's like, okay, well, we got... They're not good at anything else, so we'll just send them overseas. I hope she still doesn't think that, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so we have a chance to to set the tone. I know for, for me it was very different. You know, I grew up... Man, we had missionaries in our churches all the time. We got to watch them with their cool slide projectors showing all those, uh, all those pictures. And I thought that was like the greatest thing in the world. And so helping people understand this is a, a high and honorable calling um, can be really helpful. And I think all of us ought to consider personally. Lord, what would you have me to do? When we have a mentality like that, think we'll be doing a great job holding the ropes for the missionaries that our church supports. I'd like to conclude the lesson and our course with, uh, with this quote here from a man by the name of Henry Martin. All right, Henry Martin, he was an Englishman. In the early 1800s, he went to India and then later on to Persia, what is now Iran, trying to reach the Muslims there. And he uh, was translating the Bible, and he became very sick. He ended up dying at the age of 31 on the mission field. But he said this, The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. We've shared a lot of information in this course, and I've enjoyed preparing it and sharing it. I hope that you've enjoyed the class as well. But in the end, the greatest thing that we can do, the information is helpful. Uh, It can make us more effective in many ways. But the most important thing is our relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one who gave the Great Commission. It's His mission we're trying to carry out. And so I hope that all of us will be challenged to get closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do that, through His Spirit, He will encourage us to to have the involvement in missions that we ought to have for as church members, as missionaries, as disciples of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus' commission. The closer we are to Him, the more effective we will be in carrying that out. All right, well, that wraps it up. Any final considerations, questions, something we've talked about in the past eight weeks, something we didn't talk about. This is your last chance to get it off your chest. You kind of run down what you did in the first five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, if you give me your email address or something, I, I can send you some, some notes or, or whatever. But uh, Or, well, you know what? Well, the keynote, yeah, this is keynote. Actually, Nathaniel has made all of the, put the, all these up on the website, the audio, and also also on the podcast. There's a Good News Baptist Church podcast. Okay. But I can go to the 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 yeah church website. It's on there. So um, if you got some time, find it interesting. I felt like there's. I find it interesting how that you know that. Uh, not everybody goes to one specific place or another, or even has a chance to go to our missions trip. But um, I was in Aviano, Italy, for six months uh, on a deployment, and there was a um, uh, church there, a missionary, uh, Pastor Tingen, 
and got to know him uh, really well. Yeah. Uh, spent a lot of time there, preached there uh, at his church. Um, and although although I was there for six months and got to see you know what a missionary does mm -hmm. you know, and enjoy it. Um, when we went to Bolivia, it was a different. It was a different experience, yeah. and uh, you know you can you can sense when I guess God is leading you a certain way or not. Yeah. Um, just because you've taken one mission trip or because you work with a missionary in one area for a period of time, um, that might not be where God wants you to go. Yeah. He didn't. I, I don't. I had a great time in Italy, mm -hmm. but I was not drawn to to Italy for a mission team. Yeah, and it was it was almost pretty clear. God just dealing with me the first time we went in 2011, you know, to Bolivia. That, yeah, that that's that's where I felt that we needed to go. You know, and so as I look back, I'm thinking, you know, I God uses these mission trips. However, he desires. We just got to be open to listening. Yeah. You know, listening to uh, the Lord when the you Lord. go on these mission trips. Yeah. No one's. You know, no one that I know their path has been identical to where they where they ended up. You know, it's just a matter of letting the Lord lead you, and He puts. You know, I I lived in South Korea for two years <coughs> while I was in high school in a missionary church. Once again, and the Lord burdened used that to direct me to Asia, but. I never even thought about going back to Korea. It just wasn't something the Lord ever pushed me towards, you know. So, well, this is great. I really appreciate all of you. Um, we've had some good, good conversation and enjoyed the time together. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's Word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.